0: do the you know all that kind of stuff all right anyways hello and welcome to just animals podcast i'm Elle, and with me as always is my dad guy who is strolling for the, i don't know which airport he's at but he's in some phoenix. airport phoenix. What? okay phoenix anyways, yeah i'm sure you're Arizona. making a spectacle of yourself
1: i'm, I'm,
2: I'm counting votes
0: you're counting votes. That's great. Anyways, <laughs> today with us, we want to introduce you guys to someone brand new to the show who we are very excited to have. It's actually a new zookeeper, and his name is Jay. So we just want to welcome Jay, the zookeeper, guys. Jay, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Kind of just tell us a little about yourself, keep it kind of light, whatever you want to share or not share.
1: Yeah. Hey, everybody. So, uh, yeah, my name's Jay. Uh, I'm a zookeeper. I've been a keeper now for about a year and a half, but I've been working with exotics for on and off about 10 years now.
0: Awesome. So how did you get into exotics? Were you just, you know, that kid that's like, I like animals Were you checking animal books out from the library when it was library day?
1: Oh, exactly that. It was all animal books all the time. Uh, One of my favorite things I remember was I set up, all of the stuffed animals in my room into little like enclosures and then uh i attempted to charge the neighborhood kids uh, entrance into my zoo at the time uh just that's that with, like a little dog in there and you know all the fun stuff
0: that is amazing i love that
2: well that's... we don't call them enclosures what do we call them no that Exhibits? is
0: right no it is enclosure like that's that. what you call it's it you don't say lines. you don't say cage did Sam not okay. teach you anything? That's amazing. You tried to charge the neighborhood kids to come see your stuff. You know what? I might have to try that too. I mean, it's kind of like reverse. Hey, kids, you want to come see the dog in my the puppies in my van? Exactly. <laughs> that's so awesome. So, Jay, what,
2: what, could you help uh, define exotics, yep. please?
1: Okay. So, exotics is essentially anything that's not domesticated. So, uh, a hedgehog or a ferret would be an exotic, um, or most reptiles are exotics, but horses, goats, sheep, uh, dogs, cats, those are all going to be domesticated animals.
0: You're muted. I muted you because the airport is loud, you need to come back on the mic. <laughs> Still muted.
2: I'm walking back to my terminal, so there I a- I don't
0: know, I told you to go to a quiet area and you don't listen. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm getting there, I'm getting there. So Jay, do you have a degree in zoology?
1: Uh, so I never finished my degree, but I got most of it while I was there uh, studying wildlife biology. I do plan on finishing it up eventually.
2: You should,
0: you should. Okay, you don't, you don't, you, you don't ask for your unsolicited advice. You go back and when what you're ready. Do you work at?
2: What zoo do you work at, Jay?
0: If you're um, allowed to say you don't have to if you don't want to. That's very personal. We don't want people finding him and harassing him at a zoo.
1: I don't know if I'm going to say the name yet. No, that's completely fine. Specific.
0: No pressure. Jesus, what is the matter with you?
1: <laughs> what do
2: they do, harass him at the zoo?
0: Yeah. Yes, people are insane. You know this.
2: Oh, my you know,
0: God. We know this. People are crazy. They're going to be like, oh, it's that. Before they're they're
2: pers- going to drop their reptiles off. Here, Jay, take this. Uh, take this wanna. Uh, <laughs>
0: Exactly. That's I, did you ever have that happen to you? Did people just kinda dump their animals on you like, oh Jay's the animal guy? I don't I got this thing, it's not really working out, I'm just gonna give it to you.
1: All the time. Uh that's when I worked at the pet store, that is how I accumulated a lot of the reptiles I had. Was just people who didn't want their pets anymore.
2: Oh how many parrots do you have, Jay?
1: Parrots? I don't have any parrots
2: right now. Oh, I'm surprised because people, you know, think they want a parrot and then they realize how much work it is it's like okay i'm done with this thing i can't go 99 years
1: with this bird oh yeah i i haven't been ready to sign up for a bird
0: That and some of those birds are not codependent but they like to be around other birds you know like especially the parent species if i recall that correctly so don't they usually want to be a buddy like i've heard it's cruel to you know get like one african gray you want to have at least two or like two lovebirds or you know, two of at least whatever parrot species.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a lot of birds are flock species, so they do do well when they have like uh, similar species with them. So it's not a bad idea to have like two Uh paws together if you really want to make that kind of a job. I'm
2: in an alcove now, so it should be somewhat quiet. It's not. Well, I'm not sure where to go. This is probably going to be the quietest.
0: Good. okay well anyway so what what kind of things would you're um when you're at the pet store what, what was probably the most interesting animal you got did any of them did any animals come through that you had to like you know call someone from the county and be like hey we have this crazy animal that no one's really supposed to have here by the way or like did you have any of those incidents
1: well since we were in texas no not really oh okay
0: uh, yeah Anything. everything's allowed in texas never mind then yeah
1: uh we- <laughs> Craziest thing. Um, well, at the store, we had a Nile crocodile for a bit. Um,
0: well, okay. Where does someone get that? I I hope, um, was that an illegal pet trade maybe kind of thing?
1: I'm not really sure. It was there before I got there. Uh, okay. But yeah, so he was okay. there when I started and he was there when I left. Um,
0: How big was he?
1: Uh, when I left, he was about six foot.
0: Okay. Oh, where do you keep that?
1: <laughs> uh, so we had him in a large display area in the back. Uh, so we had like a uh, pond that he could get, get into, and in a basking area outside okay. where he to get in the water and different areas like that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say you're you're gonna have to build him his own little suite. I mean, he's the yeah. size of a human. He's gonna need his own suite, essentially. Wow. So
2: you mentioned basking area, which I want to talk to you about. Can animals synthesize vitamin D like we do from the sun?
1: Uh, I believe. I'd have to double check on that one. I know I learned it at one point, but I don't know it off the top of my head anymore. All
2: right, that will be next episode's uh, homework. homework for next
0: oh, episode right. yeah. oh, you're, you're, So you're gonna give the the zoo guy that the homework that's fantastic <laughs> well, right. I,
2: I in curiosity I, I as a as a curious animal person i'm sure he wants to know the answer on that
1: one no exactly i'm like i know they need it i'm just not sure if they do synthesize it the same way we do ah,
0: that's fair that's fair so yeah so yeah. for reptiles that's because you know we're always kind of assumed and told it's because they're cold-blooded they need it to warm up is that is there anything else to it or is it just that's just they need just to that's how they warm up passive or i guess yeah passive warming uh
1: so uh yeah so they're gonna obviously need that basking aspect and they're gonna need uh there's a uvb light that you'll also use for several species like daytime dwelling reptiles and that'll allow them to get a lot of stuff uh, the vitamins they need to prevent, like, metabolic bone disease and calcium
0: deficiency. Oh, wow,
2: okay. Okay. So, Jenny, I'm going to uh, take care of the 800-pound gorilla in this room, which is the same question I ask every animal person, which is, you know, um, putting animals in captivity, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. I'd like to hear your take on it.
1: Getting uh, Yeah, I... I always feel like I have an interesting view on it. Um, I think that inherently the best way to do it would be we have no facilities at all, that all animals are in the wild and all their places are perfectly safe and preserved. But I also think that that's not realistic either. Um, If anything, when I studied wildlife biology, the biggest thing we taught was the point of wildlife biology is learning to strike a balance between man and animals and nature around you as a whole. So there has to be some sort of balance that you require there. And I think that inherently, if you want to lean that topic, um, that the world is capitalistic in general and attaching any form of dollar signs through conservation or even ownership is kind of the only way to save any animal as a whole. Um, So the money you can raise through conservations at zoos, and understanding that maybe the plan is never to release these animals, but that it is more of a Noah's Ark that in the case that you lose these lands and these preservation areas, that we still have access to see these beautiful things that existed in this world.
0: Okay, I like that take. You're muted.
2: Some of the folks we've spoken to um, in Africa, you know, people um, hunt or slash poach these animals for subsistence, not so much for economic purposes. I mean, I, but, uh, you know, just... To I don't eat.
0: think it's poaching if they're hunting for their livelihood.
1: Yeah, yeah but- it's, it's a very gray area at that point. I see I yeah. that.
2: I mean, it's poaching if it's illegal to take this particular type of animal. Right, but
0: also, are you going to tell someone who was literally born from that land, hey, you can't hunt, which your people have been hunting for thousands of years and surviving on. The same people that run that species into extinction because if that species goes away, there goes their food. So I don't think it's indigenous people that are the problem. Um,
1: yeah, like, when I did my internship, uh, in South Africa. I remember uh, one of the guys talking to us about it and one of the things that he discussed was it's really easy to sit here and say do this or do that or do this or do that but it's hard to do that when it's your crops that got devoured by the passing through Eland or Cape Buffalo that day uh, or the elephant even. Um it's just a much different situation once your feet are on the ground there, I feel. Um, And obviously I was only there for a short period of time and it was just other people's perspectives that I got to learn from, but it was obviously very interesting to hear their perspectives on it. In uh,
2: Australia, I just heard, I think they have 50 million kangaroos or something like that now. Oh yeah. they do eat the crops and uh but then you know we're try to be sensitive to kangaroos and the way they're hunted and so i'm i know you're you're absolutely right jay you know what if it were my crops or my sheep that were being exterminated by wolves i probably would have a different perspective on that it's easy for me to be a city boy and tell you what you should be doing on your land that i've never lived on so you're right I have no right to tell you
1: yeah it's just I feel like it's just a it's a much more complex issue than I think a lot of people approach it as right
2: Right. Right.
0: yeah Yeah, it is is. well that's the thing too and I'm sure that you're aware um when I was talking to you we had a mountain lion guy coming on the or come on the show We actually need to have him back you'd really like him um, we were talking about how Idaho, these uh, politicians in Idaho are passing this bill. So we pay; they got all this government funded money or they got all this money from the government to reintroduce wolves back into Idaho and help, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard about this, revive the population. Fast forward 10 years. Now they want to kill these same wolves that we spent those millions of dollars on to put back into Idaho because allegedly, and I think I looked it up, it's like 75 million acres of like land in Idaho. And so as I find it a little hard to believe that farmers and wolves cannot coexist with that large of a space. So it's exactly politically motivated because one of the main senators pushing that bill is a rancher and a farmer and he's trying to say the wolves are taking his cattle and his whatever. But if you actually look it up, someone did a study, Disease is like the top killer for any type of cattle animal. And then at the very, very bottom were pumas and then wolves. But the main killer were those you know uh critical diseases that spread between cattle living in you know, enclosed spaces that was the biggest killer not the wolves but they were you know trying to get a bounty system set up and it's like okay so again we spent all this money to bring these wolves back and now you're trying to kill the same wolves we spent all this money on no well
2: if i, if I remember correctly i don't know if it was idaho the reason to reintroduce the wolf is because the elk population was, was getting Well, oh, that was Wyoming, you're right? Yeah, because they, they were
0: ravaging Yellowstone all the native flora. Uh,
2: they green. were killing the trees. Exactly. Yeah. So they had it But but you know what? Like anything else in uh, in nature, we have to get a balance, and uh, maybe sometimes you have to thin out the thorn just like, um, you know, that's why they have tags and uh, uh, make sure that they're not going crazy with uh, the population is not getting out of control.
1: No, exactly. uh, When you look at what populations of species of birds are like declining across the country, uh, you'll see declines across a lot of songbirds and other migratory birds or other sorts of migratory birds, but we don't see declines and a lot of game species. So a lot of our waterfowl, like our ducks and things like that. And that's because we've invested so much of our money towards making sure we keep track of how much these populations are, how much we can take from them and what they're doing at a higher rate than we do towards these songbirds um, that do have a much higher rate of uh, loss right now than say our waterfowl do.
0: Interesting, Uh, that never even occurred to me Interesting. So, can't hear you.
2: Yeah, we spoke to the guy in Hawaii about the birds there, and the feral cats are messing up the bird population.
0: They're messing up the bird population everywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. True. Sure.
0: Not even feral cats, just your regular cat, which is why it's best to keep your cats. Indoors, because they're making all kinds of bird and you know lizard and reptile species just disappear. That being said, I think the last time we spoke, you did have not a preference, but your favorite animal or your you know the animals that you would like to work with the most. Which animal would that be?
1: Uh, so there's that's a lot of different animals. <laughs> uh yeah. There are certain days where I could spend each different day out there with a different animal uh, sure. that I currently work with. Um, if I were to pick my top four, yes. if I had to top pick. Four.
0: In no particular okay, order, it's okay. We won't make you favorite. We won't make you uh
1: I'd favorite. have to say oh, okay. it would be my Cape Buffalo herd. Okay. Uh, my Nyala herd. My two red river hogs or my Abyssinian ground hornbill. Any of those wow. four are like my favorites to like work with or hang out with on a regular basis, hang out, I guess.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more well, about the animals.
2: Were- a, was the most dangerous animal in Africa or something like that. Isn't well, it? That's the, the
0: hippopotamus, be- right?
2: No, I was just watching uh, uh, Netflix
1: nature and the planet. Oh, he knows. He uh, knows
0: better than you, Jay. Not the man that works with the Cape Buffalo. He know
1: Mr. Netflix over here it, knows. <laughs> they're they're up there. Everybody likes to. I think it's kind of overblown. It from what I've read, it depends on the region that you're in. Um, and also food scarcity obviously plays a factor. Um sure. but like there's there's some areas where uh the attacks on man are more Cape Buffalo dominant than uh, say, a hippo attack, um, but personally, I would think that the hippos or even elephants are probably more dangerous than uh, Cape Buffalo at the end of the day. Um, I do work with them, but... I feel that their behaviors are pretty straightforward when it comes to reading.
0: So I'm going to pause you there on the Cape Buffalo. That is actually going to be the first animal we are going to discuss with Jay. So we're going to, not to cut you off Jay, but yes, no more Cape Buffalo questions out of you, sir. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it currently, you, before we wrap up, if you want to tell everyone what you're the, I, ugh, I cannot talk today. And I don't know what they're doing outside the animals that you're currently working with. Um, and then um, we'll kind of go from there. And then I believe, weren't you a bird guy too, initially? I like birds. He likes the birds, he likes the I birds. Do. But yeah, so go ahead, tell us what your current, which, um, which group of animals you're currently in charge of at your zoo.
1: So I work with a large, about a hundred acres uh, of a pasture with a mixed species enclosures with uh Cape buffalo, wildebeest, water buck, Zebra, ostrich, impala, udad, and Hemsbach.
0: All right, you're gonna have to tell wow. us what those last two things are.
1: Udad uh, and Hems- I don't know what those are. Which ones? The last two. Udad uh, so udad are a, there are species of goat. Uh, they kind, of, yeah, they they look like goats. Uh, I like to think uh, they've got long hair on their legs. They to me, I like to say they look like bell bottoms uh uh that's just how they look to me uh, the uh, largest species of oryx
0: ah okay
1: one you know exactly so, what you're talking about Jay, so, orange, have you uh, the black and white masks yeah right and have you heard and then Victoria? uh i also worked with what? um a sulcata tortoise some red river hogs, and then uh, on my other days, I work with sort of our carnivore string at our facility, and that's going to be servals, caracals, fennec foxes, um, our large aviary, um, our vultures and secretary birds, and then our uh, Abyssinian ground.
0: Question, well, two questions. One, are the zebras assholes? Because I, we did this thing in uh, Louisiana where my husband's from called Global Wildlife, and they were, you know, you can kind of feed them and whatever, there's, you know, bison and all kinds of fun yeah. type of animals, and they're like, don't feed the zebras. They're going to come up to you, do not feed the zebras, and the zebras were definitely kind of being pricks to each other and the other animals, and I was kind of like, oh, I kind of see why it's don't feed you people, because there's clearly no pre- no pleasing you. So are zebras assholes? Can you settle that debate?
1: Uh it, like all people, it depends on the individual. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are some who are just just absolute assholes. Uh, and then there's others who are pretty good. Um, I find that as they get older, they mellow out more. Uh, oh, okay. Like, I work with our three older ladies. And oh. so they're, they're all very mellow. They don't care about anything. I can, when I need to give them pans of food or medicine, I can just... Set them down, and they'll walk right up to the pants and from them without a problem. Uh, they're they're very well behaved, for me at least. At least those three are.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, because the one weird with it was like stomping its foot, like you could tell it was irritated. Like, give me the damn bucket of food, you bitch! Like, I was like oh yeah. Well, well, they said, "Do not feed you," and you know what? You're being very aggressive, so and I'm taking it away. But yeah, like getting all very. I mean, I've never, I don't know zebra behavior, but I imagine you know similar to a horse when they're frustrated, they start stamping and blowing no air out of their nose it's kind of like no mm, no no thank you and exactly. then and then the caracal was that one because the one Sam worked but said she said that that one was a bit of a butthead too so is yours kind of sassy or
1: uh so we have two of them oh um, and I I would call the female sassy but not in a bad way okay uh she might, if you walk by her, she might sort of pounce and then let out a little hiss at you. But it's it's very playful. Um, she's she doesn't feel aggressive from her. Um, yeah, they uh, they they've had them there since they were much like very young. So they've been used to the keepers around them in their enclosures for a while, and they're very relaxed around the keepers. Oh, good. Good.
0: Interesting. That's so awesome. So yeah, so we'll let you go here, Jay. Thank you so much. We're super stoked to have you on the show. Keep an eye out for our next episode with Jay. We're going to talk all about the Cape Buffalo, which I didn't know that they had uh, not aggression issues. I'm, I imagine it's probably more a human ends up being in a Cape Buffalo's territory and then they get upset, but then it's, you know, yeah. kind of portrayed as all oh, these things are aggressive. It's like, well, no, you went into his zone and He's just acting as an animal does when you're when they feel like you're invading their space. So I that's going to be definitely an interesting thing to talk about, Guy. Any last words from you?
2: Yeah, Jay, uh, have you do you use Missouri, uh, uh, zoo food over there at your facility?
1: We do use Missouri, even uh, even okay. when I worked at the pet store, we use Missouri. Are you
2: a member of the
1: uh, Aza? We are not currently a member of the AZA, but we are uh, under the accreditation process right now to approach an awesome. application for
2: it. Very nice. Very nice. All right. We'll keep up the good work and look forward to our next
1: meeting. Kirk that sounds out. Sounds good. It was thank a pleasure you so meeting much. you guys as well.
0: Yes, thank you so All much, right. Jay. All right. So uh, as always,
1: Bye.
0: find us on Instagram. No, 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 don't leave yet. Find us on Instagram, just Animals Pod. email us if you have any questions for us or for Jay or any animal suggestions, as always, just animals Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next time. Have a good evening or morning, wherever you are in the world.
2: All right. Adios.
1: Hi,
2: Can I leave?
0: Well, Otto, do you approve of this week's episode? <laughs>